Hello again, everyone. Tom Oglesby in the studio for episode number 40. We're recording on the feast day of St. Mark, Monday, April 25th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Colleen, we got a full house. You know, last week it was you and I, yeah. and I think we called in some reinforcements tonight. Indeed. So, Mark Hager's with us, and all the way from uh, the Eastlands, Father John Lovell has reappeared here. Good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Remember, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mark, we all prayed for your safe return. When did you get back? Uh, actually, we came back on Thursday night. Oh, you've been here so, longer than I thought. Well, yeah, we had uh, a few problems with the van, so it mm. was a short trip. Good, so, good yeah, to have you But back. it was all good with family down there in St. Louis, and 32 of us for uh, Easter dinner. Holy so, cow. Yeah, it was, it was a houseful, <laughs> but it was That's wonderful. We had a great time. Yes. And Father Lovell, you're back. I am back. Good to hear you. Good to see you. Good to be seen. Tell us about the event coming up here in June and whether or not is Doug Berry really going to make it here. Well, well let's hope Doug Berry is going to be there. For those that uh, saw Grace Force last week and uh, Doug and Father Heilman interviewing me, but on June 23rd, that's Thursday evening, and the Feast of the Sacred Heart, June 24th, uh, we will be in Beloit, Wisconsin. Tom Oglesby, I'm happy to announce here for the world to know, will be the Master of Ceremonies for the event, for a one-year anniversary event, uh, Finding Hope in the Desert, we're calling it, and we're featuring Father Altman, Dr. Peter Krasnevsky, Jesse Romero, David L. Gray, Dr. Janet Smith, Alexander Chugel, Father Heilman, and yours truly as well will be saying a few words. I don't know if we're going to get them all in in just a day and a half period, but uh, I invite everyone to go to canceledpriests.org. That is canceledpriests.org to get your tickets. Uh, we do have a couple of options for those that can only make the Friday event. You can buy a ticket just for Friday. Uh, you can also buy a ticket for the Thursday dinner and all day Friday, we have Jesse Romero, who is the uh, keynote speaker on Thursday evening. So we hope as many people can come out. We want to fill the Eclipse Center in Beloit, Wisconsin. And a lot of people ask me, why are we doing it in Beloit? Well, one, it's centrally located. I was wondering, why are we doing this in Beloit? Well, the reason we're doing it in Beloit is practically it is very centrally located for the Midwest, even though it's a national event. But to be honest with you, when we started planning this back in October, it was hard for us to find a place in Illinois that could accommodate 800 to 1,000 people. And then Cook County instituted the uh, proof of vaccination. And we did not know if that was ever going to be led up. Uh, fortunately, it has. But we had to plan as if it wasn't. So we decided to go outside of Illinois, either northwest Indiana 
or to southern Wisconsin. We found a great spot on the Rock River there in Beloit, Wisconsin. And to let everybody know, next year, June of 2023, same weekend, we are going to be in northwest Indiana for our second anniversary event. We're already planning that out as we speak. Well, we hope we've got a uh, nice piece of real estate over in Indiana soon. That's another uh, iron in the fire that we have, 61 acres. Uh, For those that are listening, you could again go to cancelpriest.org. We have both a two-minute video as well as a 10-minute video of drones flying overhead. Uh, We're just uh, hoping that uh, it is in divine providence that we get this property to be a home for canceled priests, but also for us to restore it um, as a Catholic shrine. It's uh, Lord's Grotto's. And uh, we would just love to see that restored as a place of pilgrimage for people and also possibly a retreat center. That's quite a lineup of speakers you've got coming in June to Beloit here. I hope I'm up for that, Colleen. My goodness, he was reeling those off. My my brain just stopped listening because of, look at that lineup. I think we need to get a van. Well, Uh, we've had a... We could get a bus. Oh, wait a minute. We could get a bus. an Airstream. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, oh! That's right. We got one. Oh yeah, there you go. We're looking for fifty to fifty-five people that want to go over to that, and we will get a bus. Yeah. Now, now, Tom, as the master of so ceremonies, can you pledge here on the feast of Saint Mark? Oh, here we go. On the feast, oh, I, the this, feast of Saint Mark, on the feast of the Greater Litanies, that you will guarantee two hundred Dubuquers will be coming out to Beloit oh, for the event. Wow. We can fit 800. Let's make 200 of them Dubuque. Well, let's see if we can crank it up here. We've had a lot of questions already, mm-hmm. Colleen, mm-hmm. doing yeah. that. Yeah. So is that a pledge? Are you are you taking the pledge, Tom, 200? Mark, let's what go. do you think? Can you uh, get, let's, can we, let's go let's for, go for 200. Let's go for, let's 200. go for 200. So canceledpriest.org yep. for the uh, registrations. And the tickets are open. I've seen them here for a couple of days here, Father. Yep. Yeah, we've yep. had it up for about two weeks now, uh, and people can uh, certainly... Uh, Go online, cancelledpriest.org. We would love to see so many people come out. You're going to have a great time just meeting canceled priests, but listening to fellow Catholics just speak, debate, you know, have question and answer. I mean, I, I could sit and listen to Dr. Janet Smith all day. Oh, she's awesome. She's just her. awesome. She's all wonderful. right, we'll talk more about that in segment three before we sign off. Let's get into some headlines here. Colleen, you go first because Mark, uh, <laughs> last time Mark was on the air, we... Uh, had to bring the fire extinguishers That's out. That's right. So. I remember that. Yeah, he was loaded for bear that. What do we got night. locally? What's going on in the headlines? Well, I thought we should mention all the changes that are yeah. happening with the priest moves. Have they been published? They were announced at some of the parishes that were, you know, having a change happen. But now they are on the Archdiocese of Dubuque website. So I don't think we're breaking any Not confidentiality breaking any rules. or rules yeah. or um, yeah. scuttlebutt or anything. So people can go to the Archdiocese of Dubuque website. What are the highlights? See them all for themselves. So in the in Dubuque, you know, we're getting a new pastor down at the cathedral. Who is? Dennis Quint, Father Dennis Quint, who's currently out in oh, Dyersville at the Basilica. Very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah. So of course, then there's a domino effect. Sure. So then, where does Monsignor Toll go? And He's he goes to Key West. St. Joseph the, the Key Westers. The late, yes. Yeah, St. Saint, Saint Joseph the, the not working. The lazy saint. bum, yeah. Um, as opposed to St. Joseph the worker. Yeah, that's uh, how we distinguish them. At yeah. least my mother distinguishes yes. them. But um, it's, I bet not a lot of people know Monsignor Toll was a teacher out at St. Joe's Key West. He was my teacher. Oh, sure. Out at sure. St. Joe's Key West in the late 70s before he entered seminary. 1870, so that was a big hey, year. Hey, 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 hey. I thought he kind of oversaw the the whole cathedral. 
thing. What was going on there? Is that you not mean right? like the renovation and yes, everything? And every, yeah. Probably because he is current pastor. But you know, right. Key West is not that far from the cathedral. Yeah. Well, I, I know. bet he'll still be involved somewhat. Okay. But uh, so he's not going back home to Key West because I think he's from Independence. But Key West was where he was a teacher back in the late '70s. So he knows a lot of people out there. Um, and uh, so then the guy that's out at Key West will be going to Iowa Falls. The guy. Father uh, uh, Allers. Allers. Yeah. Yeah. Allers. Okay, Iowa Falls. Okay. What else? So is that's it? one change okay. in Dubuque, okay. right? Cathedral, Key West. Then the other change is um, St. Joe the Worker. And? Uh, bringing a Dubuque back Father, to St. Joe the Worker. That would oh. be one of our knights. Father Brian Dellert. Yes, indeed. He's one of our knights. We moved oh. him out there from... Uh, St. Joe's out to New Hampton. You did. Went, yes, we did. And so I'm, you know, I'm excited that maybe we can get another contingent to go back out there and move him back here oh, again okay. of the nights, you know. Well, you'll do that because you uh, know a lot of great nights. Yeah, get that van fixed. There you go. Mark's a mover and a shaker, but that's <laughs> mm-hmm. good news to yeah. bring Father Deller back home um, and St. Joe the worker. So that's real. Who fun. else on the. Uh, Local horizon? Um, well, rather local in the county. Uh, Father Bob Gross has been up in the Ashen area, Spillville, sure. and he's going to be in Bellevue. Bellevue, yeah. Oh, Bellevue, nice. St. Donatus, St. Catherine, so it'll be nice to have him kind of back mm-hmm. a little bit closer. Yeah. Could um, I just interject? I don't know too many Dubuque priests in active ministry, but one thing I noticed that the Archdiocese did in its announcement, it said that Father Quint, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Is named as the pastor of the cathedral, but that's actually theologically and canonically incorrect. He will be the rector of the cathedral because the true pastor of the cathedral is the Archbishop of Dubuque. And it's it's quite surprising. I see so many dioceses across the country doing that, that they name a priest the pastor. But canonically and theologically, it's the bishop that is the pastor because the cathedral is the mother church. Mother church mm-hmm. the- that's where the uh, bishop has his cathedra, his seat, and that's uh, that's his parish. So yep. canon law for four hundred goes yeah. to <laughs> Father Love. Okay, all right. Well, then the other thing. So if Father Quint comes to Dubuque, um, uh, the Basilica will need to up priest. So Father Chris Podaski will be at the Basilica, yes. which yes, is a great fit for him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I think overall. I think these are great moves. Mm. And Father Garen from St. Joe's is going to... He's going to New Hampton. New Hampton. So it's like those okay. two are switching places. Gotcha. Father okay. Gorin and um, Father Dellert. And I have found... Father Noel Oh, yes. Thank you, Father, Father Noel Deem, because he's a Dubuqueer. Right. He grew mm-hmm. up at Res. Yes. He is going to Gilbertville. Yes. Uh, and Raymond. Immaculate Conception. Yep, which oh. is where Father Huber currently is. And that's Father. where Father Petty was from. Monsignor Petty. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, the Archdiocese of Dubuque, I think it's the smallest Archdiocese in the country, probably. It is. It's now the, it is. It's the uh, only non, uh, not urban, non-metropolitan Archdiocese in the country. Well, we have to keep something in mind that when it was named an Archdiocese, Dubuque was the largest, at least Catholic city 
in Iowa. Same with Cincinnati and Ohio. I think Cincinnati is like fourth or fifth now. I, a lot of people don't know outside of Ohio that Columbus is actually the largest city in Ohio. Not Cincinnati, not Toledo, not Cleveland, but it's uh, actually Columbus. But I just wanted to say, uh, speaking of the Basilica, I have fond memories before I was canceled of filling in for Father McAndrew, God rest mm-hmm. his soul, mm-hmm. uh, and celebrating the traditional Mass at the Basilica. It's probably the most beautiful church I've ever, ever celebrated Mass. And not that it's about the external beauty but uh the basilica of saint francis xavier is beautiful 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 church it's it one is. of my favorites but, to visit you know it is kind of it is kind of about the beauty because god is beauty truth and goodness right and when you're in a place like the basilica it's so easy to pray because you are surrounded and reminded visually of god and heaven and the saints it's just help, more helpful to pray and when uh and just going back to father monsignor petty when he came there, he said, we need to restore this. And he he not only restored the entire basilica with all the beauty and the paint and everything else, but he brought out all the old statues that were hidden away for years. Mm-hmm. And nobody even knew about these statues. And he placed them back up there, all refurbished. And it was it's absolutely gorgeous. It's so. one of the most beautiful churches around, that's for sure. And then the other uh, thing is our new priest, uh, Deacon Ben Valentine, who will be ordained um, in May in just over a month. He's going out to, let me see if you guys know this town by its nickname, the hobo capital of the world. Oh, yeah, Brett. Ding, ding, ding. Hobo capital for 400 for Tom. Yes, yes. Out to Brit, Forest City, way out. Way Great out stuff. there. Protecting us from the Minnesotans coming across the border. And let's pray for all of our priests uh, here uh, in the archdiocese. So anyway, so I just thought that we should probably mention that. What else you got locally? The only other thing I have locally is not really faith-related, but I did see that uh, Finley Hospital is lifting its mask requirements. Mask. Yeah. Did it sound like I said mass? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Mask yeah. requirement yeah. for patients and yeah. visitors. So, yeah. anyways, Praise that was God. a little more good news. I tell you, there's so much good news today. That's all I got for well, local. It only took us 40 episodes. <laughs> As it, let's continue with good news. Yeah. Dave Cushman yes. is uh, like another miracle, just like Dick Bergenson. I mean, Dick came out of all of his issues with no issues whatsoever. Dave Cushman, who needed a new liver and new kidneys, mm. came out of this. Like, well, I mean, I talked to his son at, at uh, St. Anthony's yesterday morning, and he said the doctors are even amazed that he's coming out of this so quickly. Praise and, God. And everything is adhering is the way it should be. So talk about miracles. Miracles, we, we, power of you prayer. You have to look at those every day. And that's the other thing, the power of prayer. We not only pray for these miracles, we pray for the doctors and nurses that worked on him. Mm-hmm. And you think about the stress that they're going through as they do mm-hmm. these surgeries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing that um, it's, yeah. I mean, we have to look at these as miracles. And we pray mm-hmm. for Paula Gizzi today, who is undergoing back surgery. Yep. And that everything will come out okay with her. But one thing that I want to just so. kind of tell a little insider baseball just about how great the Cushman family is. I love the Cushmans. They are awesome. You know that they've been, you know, they knew Dave needed that transplant. They have been praying for the donor since they knew he was on the registry. And their prayer was 
not only for the donor and the family, but that the donor would um, have the best chance of attaining salvation. Absolutely. Right? right? Isn't that a yeah. beautiful prayer to pray for exactly. a donor that when he when it is his time that he will be in the best closest state he can be to getting to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought and, that was awesome. That, and, and and the other one that I I kind of forgot about and I I didn't forget about because I talked to Jan Demala the other day but it was uh, Jack Cullen. They're Mike Mike and Jan's son-in-law mm-hmm. who just had a heart transplant because oh, of wow. uh, of another thing that happened to mm-hmm. the donor. And uh, and he's coming along wonderfully. So I mean, there's there's so many miracles that we have to look at and mm-hmm. say, you know, God bless us for, you know, for I, you know, I'm going to say everything that we do is the power of prayer and and all the people that are praying for. So yep, that's right. Well, we've got to remember we're not in control, huh? That's right. Mark, we got uh, two minutes. Do you have a thirty-second headline? I sure do. <laughs> yeah, Disney stock is down thirty-two percent. Isn't that isn't that a shame? What I a mean, shame. you know, I mean, I I looked at, I heard your comments from the chatter last week and stuff, and, and so I went online today to, because I knew their stock was down twenty percent, but now it's down thirty-two percent. They had one hundred and seventy-two cancellations, one hundred seventy-two thousand cancellations in the last thirty-five days. Oh, that's and I'm going, isn't that a shame? Now, what kind but of cancellations are those? Are those, those are reservations that were made to go down there and stuff. And people are, are people are waking up going like, you know what? We're not going there. Mm-hmm. The, the, the stuff that she has been saying, the president of, of Disney mm-hmm. and stuff, is just amazing. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's unbelievable. But the, the, um, the other headline, and, and if I, I hope I have time to say this, because... Uh, what they we'll be right back after okay. that. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. you got 30 seconds. Okay. No, it was. this was really sad. It said they talked about the Ron DeSantis bill mm-hmm. and how they were all rejecting it. Mm-hmm. And the bill protects children and kindergartners up to third grade. Um, but they openly said, we don't want to hide the fact that kindergartners, teachers, are gay and that they went paddleboard paddleboarding with their with their lovers over the weekend. That's not what this bill is about at all. It it doesn't say that at all. But the White House, Disney, ESPN, and the like have all condemned the bill and and have so called mental health and so did the mental health industry. The American Psychological Association said that not teaching five year olds about gay sex and general genital mutilation is psychologically damaging. We're going to be back and talk more about that here on The Chatter. This is episode 40 on FM 98.3 KCRD. We're back. We're in the FM 98.3 KCRD studios. Father John Lovell made the uh, pilgrimage. It's a pilgrimage to come here, Father. Well, more to Galena, but yes, it is a pilgrimage, and I always love making the trek. Let me down easy here. Hager's (laughs) Hager's back, and Colleen, we're we're having a good time. Mark, uh, we ran out of time in segment one. You were talking about, pick up those... 
psychological traumas that uh, kindergartners are going through. Give us the uh, framework of that, please. What they're saying is, and everybody keeps, you know, all the left keeps saying, it's the don't say gay bill. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with that Mm -hmm. whatsoever. It talks about... You know, what they're doing as far as, uh, again, modeling these kids after, you know, telling them what they need to do and what they need to say and, and how they need to act. And it and it's, goes into this, um, uh, the American Psychological Association says that not teaching five-year-olds about gay sex and gen- genital mutilation is psychologically damaging. The American Psych- uh, Psychiatric Association also condemned the Florida bill, but this is no surprise. The corrupt mental health system recommends puberty blockers and genital mutilation, which they dub is surgical affirmation. This is coming coming after the children here. We yeah. talked about that months ago. And we- you talk about where where's everybody have to turn to? We're supposed to be turning to our doctors, our nurses, our you know, psychologists. And it seems to me that everybody's on the wrong side. And I'm, I'm saying that well, because... I, 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 think, t- I think we got a bigger uh, question and problem here. Why do parents have to fight for their right to be parents? And two, why are we sending children to school purportedly to be educated, and now we find out they're being indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And we talked about that months ago, like you said, Tom, because that's one of the goals of the communist agenda is to go after the kids, right. mm-hmm. to yeah. start early with the kids and indoctrinate mm-hmm. them on, on things. So, yeah. But, I mean, it. you know, I, I listened to a segment on Fox today, and, they, and um, the... Uh, the parent associations at these schools and stuff that they're going after. They're going like, look, we're not going to put up with this anymore. So the left is coming at them going like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys are nothing but communist. You guys are. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're calling us all kinds of names and everything else. And, and you know what? It doesn't matter. We're coming for them. We're coming after them. I got a couple of related uh, stories on this, Colleen. I just showed you what Mark said at the top. Disney stock is tumbling mm-hmm. amid the uh, fallout. Now, they not only have, so they're getting hit in two or three ways here. One, the stock is falling. Mark pointed out the number of cancellations for tickets physically uh, being taken in Florida. I don't know anything about what's going on in the California location, which is, what is it, Disney World yeah. and Disneyland. Right. And, now, yeah. that's an interesting point. Everything has been about Disney World in Florida. Right. Yeah. But yeah. then the, uh, the third area I think we've got to take a look at is um, the online stuff, the Disney channels and things like that. Mm. I don't know how you can opt out of the, that stuff. It's usually packaged and bundled, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So I don't know how that pulls out. But here's, yeah. a, here's a couple of... Um, related items mark because the backlash is going to be just pull your kids out mm-hmm. don't send them to school right pull your kids out yeah. of school. so here's dateline uh last week colleen on the 19th tuesday the 19th out of uh, life site news the headline reads united nations calls for more regulations to be placed on homeschooling mm-hmm. <laughs> they're trying to close every loophole aren't yeah. they think about yeah. that father yeah this the United Nations calls for it. Uh, the Epoch Times runs this, uh, what was a rerun of a February 11th, The Brainy Bunch. 
not the Brady Bunch, the Brainy Bunch. Parents homeschool their kids. They've got 10 kids. They homeschooled all of them. All of them graduated from high school at age 12. What? 12? <laughs> what? Meaning they took the SAT or the ACT, all of that. So think about that. Goodness. That homeschooling thing is a, is a big deal. And I know that there are different laws in different states that are favorable to homeschooling. Um, but uh, I hope that more parents take this seriously. These are out of Alabama. Ten children, all of them graduated from high school by age 12. And all ten of them are uh, rocketing toward their prospective areas of uh, interest. So the other thing that I think of when you say that is how much time is wasted in the public school that they keep kids till they're 18? Mm-hmm. Right? How much time is wasted? In the school. Well, I think it's not only wasted, but uh, if you talk to um, two two areas, if you talk to college professors who uh, just cringe at the the incoming crop, if you will, mm-hmm. of uh, college freshmen who can't read, write, or or whatever, if you read their term papers, where what they're unreadable. If you talk to employers who have to hire from this uh, pool of labor, and they're they're ill-equipped, so it puts the burden on the business community to essentially retrain mm-hmm. uh, mostly illiterate mm-hmm. yeah. uh, entries into the. You know what? A hundred years ago, in the uh, first decade of the 1900s, father, they were uh, graduating from. Uh, uh, grade school reading the classics mm-hmm. and, and and not always going on to high school right a lot of times oh, eighth yeah. grade that eighth was grade, it that, if that that was it you know and my 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 grandmother born 1920 she uh only went through sophomore year of high school never graduated never even had a license despite the fact that she grew up in chicago heights which is a suburb of chicago she she just never needed it and she had mm-hmm. a successful career but to be honest with you, Catholic schools need to be getting back to being Catholic. This is why now all of a sudden, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, the last 20, 30 years, homeschooling has become the better option for not just traditional Catholics, but for traditional-minded Catholics who want Catholic education because the kids are not getting the great books. They're not getting the Latin. They're not getting the Greek. Mm. And these are things that they need. And when people say, well, we don't need Latin, you want to bet, it improves your grammar in English and your vocabulary, Mm. and it's a building block for Spanish. You're going to learn Spanish better if you learn Latin first, plain and simple. Yeah, it's a romance language, and they haven't figured that out here. But I think, uh, you know, we've lost not only the uh, subject matter, but the, you know, it was uh, writing, composition, rhetoric, rhetoric uh, logic, all of that, which was taught in a classical education in grammar school, which yeah. is grade school. And how many, why are we even in our uh, school districts here locally? Passing, giving passing grades to students, children, who can't read at grade level. And if you can't read, you can't do science and mathematics, mm-hmm. let alone literature, if you can't read at grade level. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the grade levels have been watered down over, are you going to say 30 years, Father? Or uh, easily, 
I mean, 40 to 50, but keep something in mind. You know, we they were even running commercials when I was a kid about the importance of learning math for math's sake. Remember, in, in Western society, and I would even say Eastern society, you learned math in order to learn logic. You learned logic so you could learn philosophy. Logic mm-hmm. is a part of philosophy. That's what math is. You know, now kids think, I learn math, and I go up the levels of different math, whether it's algebra, geometry, trigonometry, to learn calculus. But not many of us use calculus outside of high school or college. I, I don't, for sure. If you're not an engineer, you're not really using calculus on a regular basis. But logic is something that you should be using every day. And that's what math was originally for, so that people could learn how to think and how to plan things out. And now da- there's no logic in the world. I was downtown at um, a coffee shop and bought, bought something five bucks. You have to give them a five dollar bill given the prices of a cup of coffee anymore. Anyway, this young, I'm guessing she's not 25, certainly wasn't 30, counts my change back. Now most, most people will use the computer, the cash register or whatever, and just say, here's your change, 268 or whatever. She counted back my change. I was so floored by it. I don't know the last time I had that I, happen. I was, I was shaking here. <laughs> she counted it back in my hands, and I thought, you've just won $2.40 here. <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. lot, but I haven't had anybody count change back no. to me. No, no that's yeah, amazing. In this century. In yeah. this, not in this yeah. century. Yeah, exactly. Wow. wow. But, you know, it gets back to the main issue that parents are the primary educators of their children. So whether they choose to put their child in public school, Catholic school, homeschool, they are ultimately responsible We for need to go deeper education. on this here because we've talked about Disney for a couple of weeks. Mark, you talked about it before you left a couple of weeks back. I mean, it's one thing to point out the bad and horrid headlines what are the action steps that parents and voters need to take locally regionally coast to coast what do we have to do to uh, kick this out here father what what's your sense of it well to be honest with you and i'll say this and you see this uh, cropping up all over the uh, the country i think one of the closest ones is in rockford with the academy of our lady of the sacred heart is that catholic homeschooling parents need to come together and set up their own schools because the Catholic Church saw at the Council of Trent, I noticed that you have the Catechism of the Council of Trent right over there on the table, saw the need for having kids go to school in order to interact. That's not a bad thing. In fact, that's why a lot of times people don't homeschool is because they're like, well, I want our kids to to be well-rounded, as they say. And what we need to do is we need to realize that we need to restore Catholic schools. And if the dioceses aren't going to do it for us, if the bishops are not going to do it for us, then you have to band together and and form these independent Catholic schools. Let's make the... uh the distinction here are we talking just to be catholic schools or are we talking academics within uh, an educational system here? both i think both you, you can't truly be a catholic school unless you academically excel colleen what's your sense of this what what are action steps parents can be or should be going on here well i think the first is awareness and and we have very little to thank COVID for, but I think COVID has brought about this awareness oh, so. because Absolutely. suddenly they were homeschooling, uh, not homeschooling, having school at home on Zoom, and parents were saying, what What are they saying there? They suddenly had a peek into the classroom. So I think the first step is the parents need to be aware of what is being taught. 
And then after that, say, is, is this with our values? Does that match our values or not? And if it doesn't, then you need to realize that when you stand before God as judge, he will ask you, how, you know, how did you raise your children? Grandpa Mark, you've got uh, school-aged grandchildren here. What's the uh, conversation like well, over at the Hager House? You, we have to be involved in the school system ourselves. How's, what do you we, mean by involved? We here? have Let's... to be going to those school board meetings and asking the tough questions. What exactly is the curriculum here? I want to see it. I want to know what I'm, you know, and I want to know if, if my granddaughter or grandson is not reading to level. Why are you passing him through or her through? I want to know those questions because I see it. And it's, you know what? I don't like what I'm seeing, you know? And I don't like the fact that they're going to a Catholic school. They can't even name the first three commandments. Are you serious? Scary. I'm, uh, you know what? It's it's time for a little shakeup. And you know what? Mm -hmm. If they need to be homeschooled, then... Mm -hmm. then there they go because you know i i don't see a good curriculum i i'm sorry they can say it all they want but i'm mm. not seeing it you know okay that's your input so everyone said tom except you well What's i think i think we've we've mostly uh, talked about schooling from a homeschooling a catholic homeschooling and a catholic uh, school system what is the responsibility of catholics with, because not everybody's going to a parochial, private, Catholic school. They're going to the public school system. And we're talking about Florida and what's going on, and th those are public school systems. There's got to be Catholics going there, and certainly that's the case here in Dubuque, Illinois, and Wisconsin. What's, sure. what's the responsibility, then the feedback to our uh, school districts, because... I don't know, is, is critical race theory happening here within uh, three states, Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin? What's the satanic club looking like? What's the uh, passing uh, rate for um, reading or not reading mm -hmm. at, at grade level? I mean, what, what's going on here? What's, what's the responsibility, Father, morally for Catholics who aren't sending their children to, uh, well, they're sending them to a public school system. What's the responsibility as voters and school boards and all of that? Well, your money is still going there. I always encourage parents to find the best Catholic education that you can find, and sometimes that's not found anywhere. So why pay double what you're already paying in taxes to send them to a quote-unquote Catholic school that's not acting very Catholic? And I always tell them, well, you have to get involved no matter what. Even if you don't have kids, even if you're a grandparent, you know, your money's still going there. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a responsibility talking about who's primary, but everyone is involved in taking care of this. Now, I'm not quoting... Hillary Clinton saying it takes a village, but what I'm saying is, praise God, my money is going towards a, a certain school. I want to know that that certain school is teaching my values, which should be Judeo-Christian American values. Even and even in a public school setting, and definitely in a public school setting. And and it's you talked earlier about grandparents. Would you say that it's the responsibility not only of parents of students in the public school system? but also grandparents. Everyone paying taxes for that school. Deserves it's to have a voice, a voice to call to... Yeah, unless they, unless they say, oh, you can opt out on giving property taxes to the school. Well, you watch how many people will do that. Colleen, what say mm -hmm. you on this? 
Well, I, th- I think you're right. I think the parents have to get involved. And the other thing that I want to caution parents about is when you get involved and start pushing back, be ready to be attacked. Um, we what talked, do you mean? We talked a couple months ago about that after-school Satan club mm-hmm. that was just an hour south of here in East Moline or Moline. Right, North. right, 60 miles um, out. Right, so that uh, same group, the after-school Satan club, tried to set up shop out in Pennsylvania. And the school said no. The school said the school is now being sued. Okay, so when we say, when we... Catholics parents say no to the culture, whether it's the Disney grooming stuff, whether it's a Satan club, whatever it is, we can't expect that they're not going to fight us back. We have to be prepared for that. Mark, what do you got? Colleen, on another point, uh, and I heard it, this really upset me. When you talked about um, the abortion, the people that were uh, against Planned Parenthood that found those 120 babies. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the FBI goes in and raids their homes. Mm-hmm. That just, I, you know. Right, but that's what I'm talking about. Home. When people stand up for the yeah. right thing, whether it's for yeah. the unborn, whether it's for their kids learning what they're learning in school, the, the culture is going to fight us. We can't just think we're going to raise one objection and everybody's going to roll over and say, okay, whatever you think. That's not going to happen. They're not going to let go easy. Here in the Chatterbox on FM 98.3 KCRD, this is the Feast of St. Mark. We're recording on Monday, April 25th, and we're going to talk more about St. Mark when we come back for Segment 3 right here on FM 98.3 KCRD. We're back. You're listening to the chatter. We've got a full house, and uh, we should do probably two hours today, Colleen. Boy, we're not, we got a we lot need of a stuff. shoehorn to fit everything we in do. here. So, Father John Lovell is our guest, along with Mark Hager, and uh, and me, doing here. <laughs> and me. <laughs> and, and Colleen. Whatever his name and is. Colleen. Yeah. 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 Good old what's his name here. <laughs> Father, we promised to talk about Saint Mark, and today is his feast day here, um, and you've got all kinds of stuff. You said uh, two minutes here. I think you're going to go five, but um, uh, is it? I'm, I'm going to throw. I didn't set him up for this. Does Catherine and and Catherine Emmerich talk about Saint Mark? Is it true he was the uh, uh, brother-in-law of Saint Peter? I heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. I am not an expert on Saint Catherine Emmerich. In fact, I probably should read her uh, books again. But today, being the feast of Saint Mark, obviously he died on this day. But uh, in the traditional calendar, which we should desperately get back to, it's also known as the Greater Litanies, uh, the Greater Rogation Days, um, that the Church of Rome celebrated in procession, singing the Litany of the Saints through the streets in honor for April 25th, when is commemorated the day that St. Peter arrived in Rome. So the first bishop of Rome uh, arrived. No, that's when he was about to leave. uh This was about 25 years before um, when he came to Rome as Pope. And uh, a lot of people think, oh, well, he established the Church of Rome. No, the Church of Rome was established long before that. If you remember, St. Paul wrote his epistle to the Romans. Sure. And it's one of the few epistles that he wrote to a church that he did not found, but a church that was already thriving. And I always like to remind people as we approach ever closer and closer every day, closer to Pentecost as a reminder that more than likely the founders of the Church of Rome were the Jews from Rome that came 
to Jerusalem for Pentecost and first heard St. Peter preach. Mm -hmm. But St. Mark, who was a disciple of St. Paul, uh, they had a little spat. Some would say that St. Paul was a little bit of a workaholic. Um, You certainly get that. Uh, A lot of people don't realize he was writing his epistles while walking to the next location, scribes behind him. And every once in a while, you'll have uh, at the end of one of his epistles, he'll say, and I, Paul, sign this letter in my name, which is an indication that a scribe was actually writing it as walking behind Paul, who was probably going seven to eight miles per hour. He was a speed walker, no doubt. And I always like to remind people that a lot of saints were workaholics and uh, they were working for God, and that's something that we should um, emulate to a degree. Um, There is a bad form of workaholic, but I don't think the pendulum is on that side right now in our society. I think it's on the other side of uh, uh, a little too much slothfulness, a little too much dissidia. But uh, St. Mark went to Rome and became a disciple and secretary to St. Peter, wrote his gospel, which is the shortest of the four gospels, in Rome, It's also known as uh, the lion. It's the symbol because Mark doesn't pull any punches. He goes right at it and he gives the message of Jesus Christ. And shortly after that, he did reconcile with St. Paul, but then went on to Egypt and found the Church of Alexandria. And a lot of people don't realize this, but the three major churches in the ancient church or major dioceses or patriarchies was Rome, Antioch, and Alexandria. So we always have to keep that in mind. But it's a fun day for us Roman Catholics to realize that this was the day that St. Peter arrived in Rome. So great day to rejoice. Love that. So what would that look like today if we were to do these litany processions that you said? Well, you know, to be honest with you, they kind of died out even after the Council of Trent. And Dom Guéranger, who founded the Abbey of Salem, which is now known for being the center of Gregorian chant, he restarted them. And I often think of Father John Zolsdorf, Father Z, who said that one time he had a uh, cranky Monsignor in Rome say, we need less meetings and more processions. And I think that's absolutely true. You know, why, why is there with so many churches and walking distance in Dubuque, is there not a huge Eucharistic mm-hmm. festival for Corpus mm-hmm. Christi? need to get back to that so yeah that's a good point uh we walked the camino back in 2008 and on the feast of corpus christi we walked into a town and we thought what is going on here they were having a a procession i mean there were rose petals there were about four guys with their own instruments and we all just followed them and one church and they said mass and then they led the procession with the blessed sacrament to another and it was just a small tiny hamlet in spain i thought it was the coolest thing Kind of reminds me of Father Parker in East Dubuque. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The yes, power indeed. of that, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Chase yeah. those demons out yeah, of downtown. He said, I will close this place down, and he did. And he yes. did. So, yes, indeed. Absolutely. Sometimes yeah. we forget the power of um, gathering in public and proclaiming the faith. Well, and keep something in mind, too, as we're coming out of the uh, Lenten season on the Easter octave. Every day during Lent in the Easter octave was dedicated a stational church. A station uh, comes from the Latin word statio, meaning to guard. And the Romans would always gather at one church, a collect church, and we still call the opening prayer at Mass a collect. And they would process from one church to another during Lent uh, 
in seeking reparation. And this is what the greater litanies, the rogation days are about. We're going to have the minor litanies right before um, Ascension Thursday. And yes, Ascension does fall on Thursday, even if it's not celebrated that he day. He went there, Colleen. He went there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to definitely get back to processions. We have to definitely get back to that. There's a great article today in Crisis Magazine, you know, saying that we are a penitential church. We're not just a penitential church on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday or the Fridays in Lent, but that we we have to live that every season of the year, a penitential Father, go back. You, you talked uh, 30 seconds ago about reparation. Yes. During that. First of all, define for the listeners what, because this has come up in mm-hmm. recent conversation, mm-hmm. Colleen, what is reparation? Father, define it. And two, tell us why we need reparation today, especially in the church. Uh, Reparation simply is to make amends for a wrong. And some people say, well, I don't really do that much wrong. Well, you probably do and you don't realize it, but we have to make reparations for many things. Probably the two most important in this country is reparation for sins against the Blessed Sacrament, for sacrilege against the Blessed Sacrament, and then also for the sins of abortion. Those are not the only ones, but I think those are the two major ones. So to go deeper on uh, what apparition, Colleen, or several apparitions that uh, the sins of mankind that needed reparation was uh, idolatry. Idolatry. um, Blasphemy. Blasphemy. And uh, profanation of sacred days and sacred things. And I'm going to go out on a limb. It's just me. You talked about Ascension Thursday. I think we profane holy days when we move them to Sunday. We do, and part of the great liturgical movement of the early 20th century of St. Pius X was to restore Sundays as Sundays, and look what happens not even 100 years later. We start moving feast days back to Sundays. How are we going to restore a Catholic culture? We, we, we have to get to the point where we understand we're no longer uh, a Catholic culture. This is a postmodernist, neo-pagan, human secularist society. Yeah, even Obama said we were post-Christian. We're post-Christian. Yeah. If we don't start, I'm just going to say it out here. I I said it over coffee the other day. We got to go to Ascension Thursday. Whatever day the Epiphany is has to be Epiphany. What was the uh, January sixth? The the, uh, yeah, January sixth. But the uh, the uh, Annunciation was on a Thursday this year, Colleen. No, Friday. Friday? Annunciation was a Friday. These are high holy days. Yes. Mm-hmm. These are high holy days. Mm-hmm. Everything should stop. Yes. Everything should stop. And if and if it did stop, what impact would that have? Oh, let's just talk about Dubuque. What would happen if Catholics stopped? If they didn't go to work? Well, I, I got I got to do take a day of vacation. Yeah. Take a day without pay. I I tell people this all the time. You should always take. A, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, if you work on Saturdays off, definitely. You should start treating Ascension Thursday, even if the parish priest does it on Sunday and Epiphany for January 6th. You should celebrate them on those I mean, days. What, are, what are the other ones? The uh, November, the All, all Saints. Souls, and all, all Saints. Souls. All souls. Let's, keep something in, let's keep something in mind, too, about Dubuque, okay? We live in a country that has never been a Catholic country. We've never had a Catholic majority. However, we were talking earlier about how the Archdiocese of Dubuque is the smallest archdiocese. There was a time per capita that the Archdiocese of Dubuque, the county of Dubuque, was the most Catholic county in the United States. 
Say that again. That the Archdiocese of Dubuque and the Dubuque County was the most Catholic county, the most Catholic city in the United States. There is a reason why it was called the Little Rome. Okay, we have to get back to that. As great as St. Louis was, as uh, you know, the New Rome, as they call that, as great as Chicago was, where Protestants and Jews in Chicago would tell people what Catholic parish they lived in because it was so Catholic. We need to get back to that, and we do that so, by, so by living the, out our faith in processions. What are the action steps to get back to that? Or we can't. We can't go back. We got to well, get can, forward to it. What we got to have do, a dr- We got to have a directive from the Archbishop. No, <laughs> no, we, no, I'm, no, no. I'm serious. We have to have those directives. If we don't have any leadership at the top telling us what to do and how we're going to do it, how are we ever going to get there? We do it ourselves. What well, do we got to do? Great, do reforms, great reforms don't always come from the top bottom. It sometimes comes from the bottom up. And that's what have to do. I get what Mark's saying, but enough of that already. Yeah. Well, we got to take, take some action. Well, we gotta, that's the thing. We can't wait for the archbishop because he's not going to do it. Let's just say he's not going to do it. But what if, what if 50 people said we're taking that day off and we're processing yeah we're walking from the cathedral um to st pat's right 15 what if 50 people did that well i want to go out even farther and i suggested this to tom before what about a pilgrimage between the three archangels st michael's in galena st raphael's here in dubuque and st gabriel's up in prairie du chien now Galena to here. You had me at Galena, but yeah. Prairie to Sheen. Well, that's what I was just. That's what I was just going to say. That that is about a six-hour walk. That's that. That's not horrible on a nice day, um, but yeah, I don't know how long of a walk it would be up to Prairie to Sheen. Yeah, so. a long time. <laughs> but you know, we got to start somewhere. I understand. Let's just start. Let's just say this Ascension Thursday, we're going to do it. Why not? It's just going to take a few things. I think we got to do it. We got to do something here Start to Start talking to your friends. Re- restore the uh, uh, Catholicism, beginning with our families. Beginning there. Beginning yeah. with ourselves and our hearts, right? right? Yes. And doing that reparation we talked about. Mm-hmm. Making amends not just for your sins, but the sins of your family, of your neighborhood, of your town, of your diocese, of your state, of your country, of the world. That's where we have to do that, and we have to keep wanting to do that. Oh, so so not how, just do we, prayer, how do we make fasting. reparation? How do we do Fasting reparation? is the best way. Okay. Fasting is always the best way, and, you know, I always... What's the uh, second best way? <laughs> <laughs> that would be... More fasting. <laughs> so, alms, almsgiving. And again, the, it's little things. Priest. You know, it's little things that I told people. It's just like, look, you don't need to be in sackcloth and ashes, but it's little things things you know uh rinse off in the shower with cold water i always tell people don't don't have a full cold shower because you're going to get zits uh you want your pores to open you want to get the soap in there but rinse off with cold water what is this hints with heloise or And again, it's something that nobody sees but God. You don't tell anyone. You don't even tell your spouse that you're doing it. You so just God simply... sees your zits is what you're saying. No, no, no. Well, God right. sees you turning the temperature down on the water in the shower, you know. You never so. know what you're going to hear on Catholic Radio on KCRD, uh, do you? Here it is, here it is, here it is. So that's one way to do it for sure. Yeah. So Ascension Thursday is what? Uh, on a Thursday. Again this year it's on Thursday? It's on a Thursday again this year. I want to say it's the last Thursday of May. So how, what are we? Uh, we're, is that the 26th? Is that a Thursday? Where's the Catholic yeah. calendars uh, I'm pulling all over it up here. right now. 
Yeah, so it's... I'm uh, just trying to say how many... So it's 50 days to Pentecost. We're May already through the octave. It's 40 days to Ascension. Easter to Ascension is 40 days. Yeah, but we're we're, we're through the octave. We're 10 days out right now. So yeah. we got 30 days to Ascension Thursday, about that, yeah. more or less. Yeah. So May 26th. Starting tomorrow. It's like yeah, two days 30. before ordination. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But now keep in mind that the Rogation days were the three days leading up to Ascension. They're penitential days in the Easter season. So in the traditional Mass, the priests would celebrate Mass in violet vestments, and they would process through the streets leading up. It was basically a, a mini Lent in preparation for the Ascension, hmm. which is the crown jewel. of. If you think about this, this is what we're all going towards, is Christ ascending into heaven, taking his throne, and waiting for the Holy, Holy Ghost. Mark's to come got down. a point here. When we were in St. Louis over Easter, uh, twice we went down to the uh, Shrine of Our Lady of the Snows. And the first day the priest was unbelievable. The homily was, he was, he was interactive, he was e emotional, he was, he was like he was in a, a play. And he told us everything that was going to happen that Jesus did during those 40 days here and how he appeared who he, who he wanted to, when he wanted to, and how he wanted to. And it was just fabulous. The homily, it was just a, a teaching homily that I'll never forget. It was so incredible. And, and, and then I go to uh, St. Anthony's on Sunday, and it was, it was really interesting because Father Steve talked about doubting Thomas. And he said, you know what, that's really an unfair thing to give him that name. Because he said, aren't we all doubters? Don't we all doubt about, you know, the, the, the existence of, of God, of, about Jesus and the mercy that he's going, you know. And he went into this whole thing. And it was just really incredible how Father Steve tied in to exactly what the, the, the priest down there talked about. And I thought it was so interesting because he said, you don't get on an airplane and go up and talk to the pilot and say, are you sure you're going to get us there? Are you sure you're qualified to get us there? Because he said, that's what, you know, we just take it for granted. That's He's going to get us there. You haven't flown with you know? me. I go with three Yeah, questions. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, so, he's done it again. He's he's talked himself out of questions, Colleen, here. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah, had, yeah. I, I do have one quick thing I'd like to give. You it. haven't had a quick thing. No, quick quick thing. <laughs> Go oh. the the new world order, and they talked about Colleen. You had this headline about what they're the food shortages mm -hmm. and what they're doing to mm -hmm. promote to promote food shortages. Yeah. They have burned down in six months eighteen food production facilities in this country. We're going to talk burned about that down. next week, Mark. You're going oh to be God. here, and we're going to talk about that. Father, we're nearly out of time. We got to get a uh, bump on the June. 23 and 24 event in Beloit, correct? Correct. So June 23rd, 24th, the 24th, being the Feast of the Sacred Heart, a very special feast day for priests, as Pope Benedict said in 2009. And I just want to thank uh, Tom Oglesby again for pledging to bring 200 Dubuquers out there. If You're he, breaking up, Father. If he's not <laughs> if he's not able to do that, he is going to walk from Dubuque to Beloit. So I appreciate <gasps> that, Tom. And, and that's true penance right there, walking to Beloit. <laughs> but again, June 23rd, 24th, Finding Hope in the Desert, Jesse Romero, Tom Oglesby, Father Altman, and many more. Please go to canceledpriests.org. That is canceledpriests.org for more information. Let's make sure that Tom doesn't have to walk all the way to Beloit. Well, with a 
a lineup like that, Colleen. <laughs> How did the guy say, do you ever feel the whole world is a tuxedo and you're a pair of old brown shoes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, uh, we're out of time. We're bumping up against the clock here on Chatter. This is uh, episode 40. We're recording on Monday, April 20. Fifth, which is the feast of our beloved Saint Mark, one of the uh, four evangelists. Let's uh, pray in the name of the Father and the Son and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be, be to, to the, the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit. As, it as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and ever shall be, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. This is FM ninety-eight point three KCRD. Tune in again next week. We love you.